Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast, featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt. Standing in the breach, that's where we are, between two worlds, the world we knew and the world that we may find. But as the song said, there is no guarantee. There is no guarantee. We are on a hero's journey and we enter into the field of uncertainty because that's where the hero's journey takes us. We are on a collective hero's journey. It isn't just one person, but we can model our journey on the heroes of story and myth that give us a template of how the journey works. First of all, let's talk about the idea of a journey. A journey is different than traveling. So when we think about traveling as we have done it in the past, how many of you have gotten on a plane before or gotten in your car and driven somewhere? And what are you thinking about? Well, I'm going here. And while I'm going here, I'm just going to be on my computer or watch a movie on the airplane or be on my phone or do something, read a book. We aren't thinking about we are on a journey. We're just traveling. It's very mechanical. We're going from Bend to Kansas City or wherever we're going. Tra journeying is different. Go back in time to what journeying used to be like. Think about Rose on the Titanic. She got onto that ship, a privileged young woman who had plenty of wealth and was married to someone she didn't really love. And in the course of that journey, her life completely changed. The rose that you see at the end of the movie is a far cry from the rose that got on the ship. She has gone through a metamorphosis. When she met Jack, it pulled something forth from her that she had no idea was in her. She had to go through terrible trials. She had great loss. But in the end, there was something about her that was richer in a way that money cannot provide. Think about those who came across the United States in wagon trains. There's another journey. They were heading toward a freedom that they perceived was on the other side of that journey. But along the way, they had to let go of so many things that were precious, things they had packed in their wagons that they couldn't travel with that much baggage and they had to let it go. They met adversaries along the way. They had times when they thought, ah, finally, finally, they got to the top of the mountain and what did they see? the Rockies, a whole range of further obstacles. And yet they persevered, and many died along the way. There was great loss. 
That's the thing about the hero's journey. There is no certainty. It wouldn't be a hero's journey if we were guaranteed, money back guarantee. You're heading out and you're going to get what you came for. You won't. You will get so much more, but you don't know yet what it is. And we, as a global community, are on that hero's journey. We are on the way to make a better world, a world that works for everybody. How's that? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, technical difficulties. Now I've got to get back in my groove. See, the hero's journey is like that. No guarantees that it's going to go smoothly. <laughs> I, th I was watching uh, The Last Jedi this week, too. And I was noticing how Rey, the heroine of that story, at different points is walking between the worlds. And she's, she's just very alert, using all her senses. She has an idea of what she's looking for, but she doesn't know where she's going to find it or how she will deal with it when she does. It's a very difficult journey that she goes on. There is terrible loss along the way. And yet she perseveres because it's so important to her to be part of a lineage that is working toward a world that works for all. And that's where we are as well. Think about Frodo. Here he is, a happy little hobbit. And it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood until Gandalf comes along and calls him draws him forth from the hobbit world to find a strength in him to be part of a mission where good prevails over evil. And oh, the journey that he takes, the obstacles that he faces, the times that he feels lost and alone, and just wants to give up. And some of us may be feeling that now. Some of us may feel like, why go on? This feels so hopeless. I don't know what to do. There's a beautiful poem by David White. It's called, Everything is Waiting for You. I'd like to read it to you. And I want to read it especially to those of you who are feeling alone right now either because you're living alone in your confinement or because it's just a place in your spirit right now. Everything is waiting for you. Your great mistake is to act the drama as if you were alone, as if life were a progressive and cunning crime 
with no witness to the tiny hidden transgressions. To feel abandoned is to deny the intimacy of your surroundings. Surely even you at times have felt the grand array, the swelling presence and the chorus crowding out your solo voice. You must note the way the soap dish enables you or the window latch grants you freedom. Alertness is the hidden discipline of familiarity. The stairs are your mentor of things to come. The doors have always been there to frighten or invite you. And the tiny speaker in the phone is your dream ladder to divinity. Put down the weight of your aloneness and ease into the conversation. The kettle is singing even as it pours you a drink. The cooking pots have left their arrogant aloofness and seen the good in you at last. All the birds and creatures of the world are unutterably themselves. Everything is waiting for you. This week, the Jewish people will be celebrating Passover on Wednesday. In Passover, they focus particularly on the last plague when the firstborn child of the Egyptians was slaughtered and they were spared. But that was only the ending of their journey in Egypt. And then the new journey begins. Moses is a name that means draw forth because he was drawn forth from the waters and his mission is to draw forth the Israelites from a state of captivity and take them to freedom. That is a hero's journey that happens in consciousness. And it is a template for us to use because we all have ways that we have been enslaved. When the Israelites first came to Egypt, they came during a time of famine when Egypt had plenty to offer. It was a godsend to find food in Egypt and to be welcomed there. There are circumstances in our lives that at the beginning felt like such a good thing. Maybe it was a marriage, maybe it was a job. It felt so wonderful in the beginning, but over time we have been lulled into familiarity and we have grown in the ways that we have grown. And now it is cramping us and it is no longer the appropriate circumstance for us, at least in the form that it currently 
is being experienced. We don't always need to leave a situation, but we need to leave it with our consciousness and find a new way to experience it. This is the journey out of Egypt, but it's a journey, and so we are changed along the way, as the Israelites were. Again and again and again, they faced the specter of lack. Oh no, there's no water. Oh no, there's no food. And each time their reaction was to be mad at Moses. What have you done? You've taken us out of here. Now we're going to die here. Well, you're going to die anyway. Remember that. They kept turning away from God and Moses kept ongoing process of saying, trust in God, trust in God. If you would just trust in God, all will be well. Which is not the same as you won't die. All will be well in your consciousness. Whatever it is that any one of us is experiencing right now, we have a choice. We can trust in principle. What do we hold on to when we are going through on these journeys in the unknown? The quality of the unknown is like walking on a waterbed. It doesn't feel solid and secure. And we're afraid that we will fall and we will just tumble and tumble and tumble and there will be no end to it. So what do we hold on to when we reach out and there seems to be only air? We hold to principle. So in Unity, we teach that there are five simple principles. And the first one is that the only thing that exists is divine. One presence, one power. That's all there is. Nothing else is real. Everything else is illusion. We hold on to that. So if that is true, and I believe it is, then this thing that we are collectively experiencing has to be good. Comfortable? No. That's not one of the principles. Good? Yes. There is, there is good in this for us to find, for us to claim. There is power here for us. We have to remember because the second principle says we are it. If there's only one, how can we be anything but that? We are that power made manifest in physical form that is creating now, and it is good. And our third principle says it's all about consciousness. It's all about consciousness. Our consciousness is creating a world. And so when we dally in fear and we say, oh no, oh no, what's going to happen? And we keep our focus on that. We are creating a world of chaos and panic. And it is our call as spiritual warriors on this journey to push ourselves beyond what we think we can bear. This is the hero's journey. To have a consciousness that says, even though I can't see how, 
This is good. This is my journey, my mission to do. And I am not alone. We are all together. The ones dragging their feet and complaining in the back of the line and those that are pushing forward, holding faith, all of us are in it together. And all of those parts, the one pushing forward with faith and the one dragging the feet and complaining, they're all in us, in our consciousness. And we have known that at different points. It's so important. Our consciousness is important. And that's where the fourth principle comes in, the power of prayer. The power of prayer says that prayer shifts our consciousness. Prayer is not something we do to reach an outside God, to persuade God to change his mind. That is language of myth. That is a way of explaining what people who have not evolved to that point of recognizing that this is all there is, that's how it's seen. It's when we're children, we feel like we have no power and we have to get everything we need from an outside source, from our parents. And there's truth to that. As babies, we can't feed ourselves. We can't get from point A to point B, at least until we learn to crawl. So we do need an outside force. And that consciousness that we have when we're children gets carried over into how we see the divine. It's comforting to think of God as a father or a mother who will take care of everything for us. And we go back into that infantile state where that's what we hope to get. And we are being called, the hero's journey, the transformation that we are being called to make is to change how we think about ourselves. To change from the idea that we are victims at the mercy of a world that can be cruel and to claim, no, no, no. I am the child of the living force that inhabits and creates all that is. I am a creator. I choose my consciousness. And prayer helps me to know who I am. And we pray with each other. Just like on the hero's journey, if you think about Frodo and his group, they had to hold each other up because each one had their moment of despair. In prayer, we hold each other up. And the fifth principle is we take action. We don't just think about this stuff. We put it into action. So what if the action that we took was to be kind, to reach out? I read a challenge today about Every day, once a day, at least, do something for someone else. Give something away. What can, what can we give? 
don't know, I have a trampoline at home that I'm not using. Nobody's using it. One of our community members, Alyssa, wanted something for her little kids. And I said, fine, take it. It feels so good to be able to do that. What have you got that you're not using that somebody might want? Just give it away. Reach out and help each other. This is a time more than any where we are reaching out in community and helping one another. And it feels good because it reminds us we are not alone. We are in this together. Something else that we can do is connect with nature. A very wise friend of mine discovered that he had a diagnosis of cancer, fortunately caught early. But what that diagnosis prompted him to do was to think about how do I want to spend my time? And the answer that he got as he went into reflection on that, he noticed this plant outside his window. And it seemed to be a little askew in some way. And he just went out and he tended to the plant, like the little prince tended to the rose. Where can we give back to nature as nature gives so freely to us? What can we tend? These are things that help us to stay knowing we are on the path. I want to share a poem by Wendell Berry about nature. When despair for the world grows in me and I wake in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water and I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting with their light. For a time, I rest in the grace of the world and am free. We are not alone. It feels uncertain because it is. But we have principles to hold on to and we can hold on to each other. Maybe not physically right now, but we can hold each other virtually. We can hold each other in prayer. We can hold each other in our hearts. I've said many times, community is our immunity. Yes, we can be caught in a cycle of contagion. And we are being responsible now by staying physically apart from one another. But that doesn't mean we are apart. It's important that we reach out that we get involved in groups that are offered, that we do what we can to stay connected 
rather than just feeling sorry for ourselves. We have phones. We can pick up the phone and call someone. Not because we need help, but because we need to be giving. We need to lean on each other. This is important. So as you go forward this week, please practice giving away, leaning on each other, knowing that we are not alone. We are never alone. We are part of all that is. Namaste. This one's going out to Brother Bill. Bill Withers, one of my faves, one of the most soulful dudes I've ever listened to. He passed away this week, so this is for him and for all of you. Sometimes in our lives, we all have pain. We all have sorrow. But if we are wise, we know that there's always tomorrow. Lean on me. Strong. When you're not strong, I'll be your friend. 
friend. I'll be your friend. I'll help you, you carry on. For, for it won't be long. Won't be long. I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. Lean on me. When you're not strong, when you're not strong, I'll be your friend, and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. For, for it won't be, it won't be long. Oh no, I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. Just call me when you need a friend. Call me anytime now. Day or night time, call on me. Oh, everybody, call. 